I'm James Brian Smith. Welcome to the Things Above podcast. Today's thought from above is this. Jesus is God's glory, grace, and truth. This is a podcast for what we call Mind Discipleship. It's a podcast for those who want to set their minds on things above. That's where the name of the podcast comes from, from Colossians 3, 1 and 2, where Paul encourages us to set our minds on things above. Setting our minds on good, beautiful, and true thoughts, on uplifting, encouraging, life-giving, biblically-based thoughts from above is not easy. And that is why we do this podcast, to provide for you in each episode a thought from above that you can dwell upon so that your heart will be warmed and you will become an epiphany of grace. This episode is the fourth and final episode on a series I've been doing about the longings of our soul. In the previous three episodes, I looked at the 10 longings of our soul, that each of us come into this world with a, a set of longings that we can't find in any other way. We, we long for them. We want them. They're things like the longing to go home, the longing to be wanted, the longing to live an undivided life the longing to be loved without condition, the longing to live without fear and anxiety, the longing to be intimately connected to God, the longing to be forgiven for what we've done, the longing to find community, the longing to feel called to a life of purpose, and the longing to live forever in the new heaven and new earth. What I've tried to say in the previous episodes is that these are factory-built longings of the soul. We don't have a choice. These are things we are all going to long for, and we're going to try to have these longings, these needs, these urges, these desires met. And if it will be in the things of this world, if that's all we got, we'll try. But none of them will actually take care of these needs. It is impossible because these needs are infinite needs. They're too big. They're too big for the things of this world to fulfill. And so today's thought from above is that Jesus is God's glory, grace, and truth. And that comes from John 1.14, such a wonderful verse. I love John 1.14, which reads, And the Word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen His glory, the glory as of a Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. Glory, grace, and truth. That's what John's telling us. The Word became flesh, the Son the second member of the Trinity, took on human form and lived among us as a human person. And we were witnesses, John is saying, to what? His glory, his grace, and his truth. So that begs the question, well, what is is glory, grace, and truth? Do we have definitions of those things? Well, I do. They're, They're really important. Here's what glory is. Glory is beauty. It's beauty and power. We see a lot of beautiful things. We see a beautiful sunset, a beautiful flower, a beautiful painting. We listen to beautiful music, and we say, oh, that's really beautiful. Well, our souls long for beauty. That's all something that's built into us. But when we look at the Christ form, when we look at Jesus, we see a kind of beauty that is way bigger than a flower or a song. The beauty of Christ on the cross 
as Balthazar said, is the most beautiful thing in the world. Now we would say, well, that's, boy, that's really gruesome, Christ on the cross. But what's happening there? What is happening there is God is reconciling the world to himself. God is giving of himself for us, for our good. The cross is beautiful. We were made for beauty. Glory is beauty times a thousand, times a million. It's, it's beauty bigger than what we can imagine. So when John says we've seen his glory full of grace and truth, well, what's grace and truth? Grace is goodness. Grace is God acting on our behalf. Grace is God doing something for us that we can't do for ourselves. So it's goodness. And truth is, well, truth is that, that which is in accordance with reality. That's what truth is. Jesus is glory or beauty and goodness and truth. And as Balthazar said, you never will find one without the other two. Beauty never goes anywhere, he said, without her two sisters of goodness and truth. So Jesus is all three. He is the transcendent. He is beauty. He is goodness. He is truth. And so when we encounter the Christ form, we are encountering this thing that is bigger than us. And as I said, these longings of the soul are longings for something transcendent, bigger than us. And so when we encounter Christ, what we're encountering is the only thing that can meet the needs of the soul. You can try to meet the needs of the soul in the things of this world. It will always disappoint. But when we encounter Christ fully, all of the needs of the soul are met. That's the way that it works. And it's such a a wonderful thing that we experience beauty and goodness and truth. That's what Jesus does. He comes to us, and the first way we encounter him is through beauty. When When we encounter Jesus in the Gospels, you just can't miss the beauty of it. In his actions, in his words, and you see them and you think, this is, wow, this is something else happening. He tells the story of the prodigal son, and you, you hear that, and your mind is like, oh my, wow, that is big. God, how could you, that is behavior that is inexplicable. How could this father take in this son who's done these terrible things, and yet not only takes him in, but throws a party? And it kind of blows your mind. It's so beautiful. We love that parable because of its beauty. And remember, where there's beauty, there's goodness and truth. And it's good. The Father is good. And it's true. You say, well, he shouldn't have done that. No, that's the true heart of the Father. Beauty has a way of reaching into our hearts in a way that nothing else can. In his famous commencement address at Harvard, Alexander Solzhenitsyn wrote these very profound words. One day, Dostoevsky threw out the enigmatic remark, beauty will save the world. So perhaps that ancient trinity of truth, goodness, and beauty is not simply an empty, faded formula as we thought. And if truth and goodness are crushed or cut down or not allowed through, then perhaps the fantastic, unpredictable, unexpected stems of beauty will push through, and in so doing, will fulfill the work of all three. See, I think it's the beauty of Christ that shines through 
and it comes to us. Here's what's interesting about beauty. Beauty is non-demanding. When you, let's just pick anything, a beautiful sunset, you encounter a beautiful sunset and it never demands anything of you. You just encounter beauty and say, wow. And then you have to decide, what am I going to do with that? You can say, wow, and then walk away. Or you can say, thanks. Because the beauty is also good and it's true. Same with a beautiful piece of music that actually moves you to feel something or a work of art or something else in nature, like a, a glorious vision of uh, nature out in... I was recently in California and I was in this canyon and hiking around and it was just full of beauty everywhere. And then what am I going to do with that? But, but sort of give thanks, move to doxology and say, wow. What Dostoevsky's saying is, that And in particularly in our world today, in postmodernism, where truth and goodness have been really crushed down, beauty can still push through. And I love that about, about that aspect of the Christ, right? That's the glory. He's the glory of God. We've seen his glory. We've seen his beauty. It comes through and touches us in an incredible way. Sometimes it's reaching us through music. Um, I, that's one of the things I love about music, is it, there's a way in which it can reach into the soul. Now, here's what I believe. You may think, oh, Jim, this is weird. I believe that when we encounter beauty in music, it is a part of Christ. God is the maker of all creation. God made music. God invented the notes and the sounds and the vibrations, and some human puts them together. For me, it was Pachelbel's Canon in D when I was 18 years old, and I heard that for the first time, and my soul didn't know what to do with it. And all I could do was say, well, I'm longing for something ultimately led me to Christ, to the beauty of the Christ. So beauty, goodness, and truth, or glory and grace and truth, reach into us and touch us. And as we encounter the Christ form, we experience the answer to all of our questions, and we experience the solution to all of our problems, and we experience what? the thing that fills the longings of our soul, the only thing that can fulfill it. I talk about soul dissonance, which is the opposite of soul consolation. Soul dissonance is things that make our souls suffer, things like trauma and rejection, meaninglessness, despair, guilt, and shame. These are things that we feel in this life when we don't feel connected to people. Really, it's the opposite of all ten. When we don't have a sense of forgiveness, when we don't have a sense of purpose, when we don't feel like there's someone who loves us without condition, our souls suffer. But when we encounter Christ, we find everything that we are looking for. Because in Christ, I discover who I really am. In fact, I've said this many times on the podcast, Paul used the phrase in Christ or Christ in us 89 times. Paul's way of identifying who we are as Christians is to say, we're in Christ. And when we encounter that, we say, I am a whole new way of being because of Christ. Who am I now? I like to put it in, the, in positive form. So I say these things to myself all the time. In Christ, I am a member of his sacred body. In Christ, I am wanted. In Christ, I am loved. In Christ, I am connected to God. In Christ, I am forgiven. In Christ, I'm made alive and I'm empowered. 
In Christ, I've been made holy. In Christ, I'm the owner of my story. In Christ, I am called. In Christ, I am hidden and I will be glorified. All of the ten longings of our souls are met in the person of Christ. That's what John means when we, he says we have seen his glory, grace, and truth, beauty, goodness, and truth. And our souls say, ah, and then we can say, it is well with my soul because of the work of Christ. I've said on this podcast many times, you've heard me say it, my mantras, my go-tos every day, this is the way I set my mind on things above. I say this to myself several times a day. I'll say, I'm one in whom Christ dwells and delights. I live in the strong and unshakable kingdom of God. I am divinely designed, deeply desired, lavishly loved, fully forgiven. I am a sacred story of grace. That's who I am. That's where I live. And that's all, every one of those things, that is the work of Jesus. Jesus, the lover of my soul. Glory be to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I hope you join me next time. Until then, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at James Brian Smith. And you can learn more about this podcast. And if you'd like to donate to the Things Above podcast, you can do so on our website, apprenticeinstitute.org. Click the Donate Now button at the top of the page. It's really easy, and it would mean a lot to me. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And you can also subscribe, which means you're going to get them automatically each week. My hope, as always, is that one day if you're asked, what's on your mind? Your answer will be, things above. <laughs>